welcome to the Pacing the Pacers podcast. This is Nat Duell, Indy Star's Pacers editor. I am here with James Boyd, our Pacers insider. We have got a lot to get to with the free agency uh, having started, still going on. Um, we just had some breaking news. Adrian Wojnarowski uh, from ESPN reporting that TJ Warren has signed with the Nets. I don't think this is a big surprise, given that he had not re-signed with the Pacers by this point. But what was your initial reaction to uh, Warren going uh, leaving the, the, the Pacers? Yes, yeah, so I wasn't too surprised because of how long it took for him to, um, you know, agree to a deal. I know they can't officially sign until uh, Tuesday, or I mean, actually Wednesday or whatever. Tomorrow, yeah. Um, the point is, like, it's it's a formality. But yeah, I'm not too surprised if this would have happened like on day one right, of a free right. agency negotiations. I would have been like, oh, okay, like. This is pretty surprising. But the fact that the Pacers weren't able to retain him right away kind of let me knew, okay, he's probably thinking elsewhere. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's, it's a low-risk, high-reward type of thing. The number amount wasn't disclosed, but I can't imagine it's super high for a guy that hasn't it'll, played. It'll and, be really interesting to see what the contract yeah, is. Yeah, you know, or basically that will determine in my eyes, like, how much did you risk on him? Um, again, he hasn't really played in two years. He's played four games over the last two years. His last full year, I think it was 2019-20. Uh, I mean, 2019-2020 uh, was a good year for him, career year. Had over average almost 20 points a game. Had really good splits, 50-40-80, um, which is, I mean, if the Pacers could have got that back, would have been great. But um, not a huge loss for them, I would say. Um, he is 28, so it doesn't fit the timeline of, like, a young team anyway. Of course, you'd like to have a wing that can score because that's <laughs> what, you know, this league is kind of made out of. And play defense. He was a better defensive Players than advertised. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you, you lose some of that, obviously. But, and, you know, just pinned a piece today where we were talking about our, I kind of explored three uh, free agent options. And one of them was Kessler Edwards from the Brooklyn Nets, who had his qualifying offer rescinded. So now he's an unrestricted free agent. And he's 21, 6'8". Um, his rookie season was last year. He's got a pretty good upside. I don't think he's going to be T.J. Warren like in year two or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, maybe because they picked up T.J. Warren, do they, do they bring back Kessler Edwards? You, you don't know. Everything's kind of weird with the Nets and really the entire league because of the Kevin Durant situation. Don't really know what's going to happen. But, um, not like I said, getting back to the point, not too surprised at it. Um, but I think, if anything, it just gives – the pace is more incentive to look for younger players and really lean into that youth movement. Yeah, I mean, obviously, no one you're going to get in free agency right now, at least, you know, unrestricted free agents. There's some restricted free agents, but mm. are going to be T.J. Warren. Right. Uh, the reason that you wanted to bring T.J. Warren back was so that you could he could get back to the same level and you could trade him, most likely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're competing, you wouldn't have traded him. But um, So I, I think it's a loss not to have him, but it gives you a chance to, to play some of the other guys. I mean, again mm-hmm. – uh, they they don't have a ton of wings, but they've got more than they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I you know to me it's a little disappointing to see that they w- didn't bring him back. Mm-hmm. But again, this is a guy who hadn't played played four games in two years. Yeah, I think a major focus for the Pacers this year should be to get guys who play. I mean, you just can't keep going through all these injury issues they've gone through. Yeah, I'm sure some of it last year was holding guys out who could have come back, including maybe Warren. Almost definitely Brogdon, maybe Turner. Yeah, but Warren was clear. To, like he had full basketball activities, and they just ruled him out for the last twelve games of the year. And I'm so. surprised he didn't want to play if he could play if he weren't planning on coming back here. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to get too worked up about 
uh, losing someone who has played four games in two years. A lot of people, you listen to podcasts and read things and talk <laughs> yeah. about him as a, a big-time get for somebody. And if he's the T.J. Warren of three years ago, he definitely is. But I sure wouldn't want to be betting on that uh, yeah. going into the season. Yeah, I think that's one of those things where it's similar to, to the Malcolm Brogdon uh, trade that we'll, that we'll talk about now. But it's not um, to that extent. Like, obviously, Malcolm's played, but it's kind of like if, if Boston. For those of you who don't know, you got, you know, it was a pretty big trade. The biggest trade, for obviously, the biggest move of the offseason for the Pacers is they traded away um, Malcolm Brogdon to Boston for a 2023 uh, first-round pick. I believe it's top 12 protected, um, according to Mass Live, uh, their, their Boston media outlet. And then they got five players um, – the, who are the guys you think would actually play? Like Daniel I mean, Tice, Tice and Naismith uh, are yeah. the or Neesmith are the two big ones, and then Juwan yeah. Morgan is a former IU player. Yeah. Uh, Malik Fitz and Nick Stauskas. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're cut to get down the roster down to twenty players. Mm-hmm. It would make this, of course, the second time Nick Stauskas has been the property of the Pacers and never played for them. He was yeah. a salary dump several years ago from the Rockets. Where they come on, got a second-round pick along uh, with it, and then immediately cut him. He makes no real sense for the Pacers. He's a little bit older, has barely played the last couple of years. I'm not saying he couldn't carve out a niche role somewhere. He was a number eight overall pick or something like that when he was was drafted, so there's talent there, but that was a long time ago. And, and yeah, it's just hard to see him having a – I mean, they took five players back to do whatever they need to do salary-wise. Yeah, uh, so what was your – reaction to the trade i have all along said repeatedly i would have traded malcolm brogdon for a second round draft pick this is a little bit better than that mm-hmm. um, again i you don't i wanted to clear the salary i don't i think Mal, if malcolm brogdon plays 70 games for the celtics this year it's an incredible trade for the celtics yeah and i still don't care from the pacers standpoint because all malcolm brogdon's doing here is taking playing time away from other guys who you'd rather see play like I said, you just can't – I don't think you can keep having these injured guys. You know, guys – so many guys get injured year after year. Yeah. Um, it's been a little surprising to me how negative the reactions from some people have been about yeah. this trade from the Pacers' end because, I mean, some, I, I mean there was stuff out there that they were going to trade with the Knicks or the Wizards yeah. for uh, the 10th or 11th pick in the draft. Clearly, that was – I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know who the, the what the reporting was. In retrospect, I don't. That doesn't seem realistic at all. The Knicks went out and and got Brunson. Yep. The Wizards got Morris from the Nuggets. Yep. So and drafted Johnny Davis. So. And, and so those, they, I mean, they clearly like those options better than trading a lottery pick for Malcolm Brogdon. Yep. And I just don't understand. And I, which makes sense to me. I, I just didn't see this kind that high a trade value on Brogdon because. Can't stay on the court. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was – I mean, he's a point guard. You know, Halliburton's a point guard. Halliburton was a better player. This is – I mean, statistically, me watching it, it, it was better when he, he just had the keys himself and he was actually not having to play with Brogdon. Um, shot better from the field, average more points, less turnovers. It just kind of felt like you had a cleaner version of your offense when Tyrese Halliburton was running it. And I think that on the flip side, Malcolm Brogdon – Got a great opportunity out of this. Right, I mean, the teams right. that they were that were being rumored to, to have interest in you were the Knicks and the Wizards, and those aren't championship caliber teams. If you go to Boston, which already has their core intact, and they basically give up nothing to, to get you as far as trying to win now, 
you can go there, and, and if they can restrict his minutes and kind of keep him, uh, you know, load management, which I know, you know, the, the old-timers will not like, but if they can load manage Malcolm Brogdon and just get him to the postseason healthy, he's still a good, a pretty good player. I mean, he played 36 games last year, career low, but in those games he averaged 19-5-5, and five, which aren't easy numbers to put up in the NBA. And it, doesn't, it will not be that high with Boston. Obviously they have a, they have a lot more guys who are going to have the ball, but – I do think that when we watched them, a lot of the, the, the feedback on their side was they need a point guard. They need someone who can create offense, and Malcolm Brogdon can do that, I believe, better than who they've had on their roster. So to me, it's, a, it's one of those things where, you know, if you look back in five years and this, this pick that you got didn't pan out, it's like, ah, it'll work out. But right now, I think it's a pretty good trade for the Pacers. Obviously, you always want things to be a little bit better. Like, do you, do you want the pick to be protected? No. But at the same time, it's – it's, it's better than the protection that's on the Cavs pick where they just have to make the playoffs for you to get it. I mean, Boston would have to have, like, a disastrous season for, for you not to get their first-round pick. They would have to really bottom out and just, I mean, honestly have a bunch of injuries happen yeah, or something you, like that. Tatum and Brown, you have to think, would both get injured. Exactly, <laughs> or something like that. So, um, assuming that they make the playoffs, you'll get that pick. And then also, um, like I just touched on, assuming that the, the Cavs make the playoffs, which, again, is you know, kind of hard, not guaranteed, but they did get Ricky Rubio back. Um, he should help them, you know, another Pacers legend who they, left. Um, they, the Cavs should make the playoffs. Yeah, so you could have potentially, because of this trade with Brogdon and the previous trade with the Cavs, um, you could potentially have three first-round um, draft picks next season. I do think the Pacers are going to miss the playoffs, so that they would have their lottery pick and then two um, other first-round picks, which, which could help them, you know, move up, move back. You would have a lot more optionality you know with three first round picks as opposed to just your own so um i think for that reason alone they don't get a first round pick back i'm like okay what are you doing just dumping salary cap off some other team but they did get an asset back in my opinion um and and a couple players that might play for the pacers but at the same time i think if you can get off from you know uh the the clog in the backcourt with brogdon and halliburton and also get off of his contract i think it was three years 65 66 million left right something like that so yeah it's three years i mean it was a three-year extension yeah he turns 30 in december so like let's not forget that again he's another player similar to tj warren um you know if you keep him and and he's healthy and he plays well great but like he doesn't fit that timeline of a rebuild either. So I think Malcolm Brogdon, I, and he talked to the Athletic about it. He said, hey, I got one goal now, go win a championship. And um, he'll have a pretty good chance of doing that next year. Yeah, I mean, this was a no-brainer trade for the Celtics. I mean, I, you yeah. can, I can say I didn't think it was a bad deal for the Pacers, but it's clearly a great deal for the yeah. Celtics. Can you keep Brogdon healthy, playing him 18, 20 minutes a game? Maybe maybe that helps. He's He showed in Milwaukee he can be productive off the bench. Mm-hmm. I think you got to like that. Um, so and you know they needed a point guard. He's not really like a. He's more of a set up the offense as opposed to a pure point guard. But but he can. Yeah. But who cares? He can play off the ball too. I mean he's a great spot up yeah. shooter. Uh, so it's an it's an absolute. You, you now, would I rather have had Grant Williams in the deal as was reported? Sure. But I mean the other thing. Yeah, is, that's one of those things where like. They just told you no. Like that's right. the thing. Like it's not like oh my gosh they could have had Grant Williams. It's like. They probably asked about him, and the Boston was like, no, this is the deal. You can take it or leave it. And at that point, you had to just make a choice. Like, I don't think the Pacers actively gave up a chance to get Grant Williams. Like, I mean, and in return, they're probably asking for someone in return. Okay, if we give you Grant, can we get Chris Duarte? Can we get Isaiah Jackson? Can we get one of those? And it's like, uh, I don't know. So I don't think it's like this straight-up thing where you could have gotten him 
for, um, you know, for just giving up Malcolm Brogdon and maybe a pick or something like that or some second rounders. Like, you're not going to get Grant Williams, who's a productive wing, a good player for Boston um, for, for little or nothing. So, and the, I mean, the other thing you hear is they should have waited until the trade deadline. And my thing is, I mean, okay, you may be right. You may yeah. be right about that. It's a but, big gamble. But that's a huge gamble because what if he gets hurt again yeah. when he's gotten hurt every year of his career yeah. except for maybe his rookie year? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I mean, then he's hurt again and anyone who's picking him is looking at the next two years at 20-plus million on his contract. Yeah. You know, and, and, and to play him, and we've talked about this, you've got Halliburton, you would have had Brogdon, you've got Duarte, you've got Matherin, you've got Buddy Heald, mm-hmm. uh, who may – could still be traded. That's a lot of guys to play who are all playing basically the same two positions. So how do you find the minutes for Brogdon too? And are you playing him less? And then does he look less productive? Mm-hmm. Is he sitting out because you don't want him to get hurt? And that's enough. So I just, again, could this, I mean, you know, would you like to them see it do a little bit better? Obviously you would. Could they have rolled the dice and kept him? I just don't think that's what, I think the risk did not, you know, did not, the risk wasn't worth the reward at that point. No. Um, and then uh, Neesmith, I think it's Neesmith is how he pronounces his name, is not nothing. I mean, right. again, he's another guy who's 6'5", who's a wing, you mm-hmm. know, a backcourt guy. Supposed to be a shooter coming out of Vanderbilt, did not shoot well, shot okay, shot 37% as a rookie, did not shoot well last year, dropped to 27%. But Kevin Pritchard has had a knack for finding guys who got better once they got to the Pacers. You know, is Carlisle the guy to make that guy better? We don't know. A lot of the improvements happened when Nate McMillan was here. Um, but, uh, I mean, so, again, that he's a pick. I mean, he was a lottery pick. Uh, the, the Pacers now have the mm-hmm. three top, whatever, 14 picks from uh, the, the 2020 <laughs> draft, uh, just as things worked out. Um, so I, I like getting him. Thice, I think you can turn into a – Maybe a second-round pick at some point. He's definitely a serviceable big man. Yep. Um, I'd hate to see him play over uh, Jackson, uh, but you know we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, I, again, I, I think you can move him for something at some point. Yeah, I think um, the trade deadline will be interesting for him. And then you've also got Miles Turner, who they could still trade. Yep. Um, you know, and if and if they do, then 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 Tice, Tice is a you know is a is a body to fill in there who's capable. Um, so that's a possibility too. He's so. another guy who may say, "Hey, you know, if you're looking to get some something back from me, just try to get me to a contender." And right, and that's a, I mean, he, he signed with Houston at the beginning of last year, who was far from a contender, exactly, and got traded back to Boston because they needed a, a big uh, they needed a big man. So yep. again, you're, you're probably getting a second round pick back for him. Um, and like you say, it, it's three, it's probably three first round picks next year. Next year's draft supposed to be fabulous. I don't yeah. think you're turning. Through a lottery pick and the whatever the Cavs and the and two picks in the twenties mm-hmm. to move up and get the one of the two big right. uh, the, the the two or three big names that are coming out in this draft. Mm-hmm. If you're not in the you know if you but but if it's a good draft, maybe you can move them up some spot you know a few spots you right. know whatever. I think it's uh, to me. I just don't understand like. Was it better for Boston than the Pacers? Yeah, but it was still a reasonable deal to me for the Pacers. Absolutely. And then we'll touch on the other big news, that they were able to retain Jalen Smith, which is super surprising to me. Me too, yeah. Um, I mean, we've, we talked about as soon as he was traded here, we, and I think all of us in the Indy area have kind of 
gone through these weird NBA rules. What does it mean when the team doesn't pick up your third year option? And um, I believe Jalen uh, was the only like the sixth player, yep. you know, to be a lottery pick and not have his third uh, rookie his rookie year picked up on his on, on his rookie deal. And because of that, and the Pacers traded for him from Phoenix, they had to abide by the previous teams like rules as far as rookie scale and what you could offer him. So long story short, um, it's been reported by um, Woj that the, that the deal is worth two years, $9.6 million. Um, the Which most the Pacers could have offered was, I think, $10.6 million over two years. Something like that, So, yeah, yeah it, to me it was very surprising that um, he came back. It was, to me it's one of two things. Like you either really loved your experience with the Pacers and the opportunity to play here and the team taking a chance on you and whatever camaraderie you built with these young guys, or two, maybe your market – wasn't as robust as we thought it would be, you know, for a 22-year-old who came here, shot 37% from three, averaged, I think, 13 points, and really, like, looked like, you know, a lottery pick that, that, that he once was. Yeah, I mean, I wrote a story saying why the Pacers won't be able to retain <laughs> Jalen Smith. So you know how surprised I am that this is happening and how wrong I was, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I mean, you mentioned the contract. Every rookie – every first-round pick signs a guaranteed two-year contract mm. with two team options – the option, I believe, has to be picked up. Like, the third-year option has to be picked up before your second year. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, they watched him play as a rookie after having spent the 10th pick on the draft, yeah. and the draft on him and said, eh, we screwed up. We don't want him. Let's, we're not, we're, we're, we'll dump him after this year. That's a pretty crazy – now, I think they were trying to save room in the salary cap for Aiton and things mm -hmm. like that. But, but nonetheless, <laughs> they, he was the 10th pick in the draft. They spent yeah. one year looking at him and said, we don't want him. I am shocked that there wasn't another team out there. He's 6'10", and like you mentioned the numbers, shoots to three, uh, scored points, had seven rebounds a game. He's a pretty at, good athlete as at, well. At 22, I'm just shocked that someone else didn't want to – because it would have taken – I've got to think $8 million would have gotten him to yeah. you. Um, and that doesn't seem like a lot. There was not a lot of money available in free agency. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he says when we get a chance to talk to him about why he decided to come back here. Certainly, the, he had the love is the opportunity here. Um, it's a great pickup for the Pacers on the flip side. I mean, they got to be jumping for joy. Like, hey, we got our guy. I knew going into the offseason they really, really wanted him. And um, I think that, again, he fits with what you're doing, with what you're building. I mean, Tyree Taliburton is 22. O'Shea Brissett's uh, 24, although his situation is a little bit different. He could become a free agent next year and he could leave. But, you know, he's a, he's a guy who will play this year that's young. You got Duarte, who's 25. You got Isaiah Jackson, who doesn't turn 21 until next year. You know, so you have a bunch of young guys, and he fits that mold. And I do think he'll, he'll have a chance to really blossom. And I think that one of the benefits of, of playing with Tyrese Halliburton is, like, you'll know you'll touch the ball. Like, you know, if you're a big man, you'll probably play a little bit harder, run a little bit faster down the floor because you know if you're running, you're going to get a chance to touch it and, and, and shoot it or do something with it. So um, I thought it was a great pickup for them, a great, uh, uh, you know, offseason move and one that's kind of, again, super unexpected for me. I, I, I figured he would just be gone. Well, also losing T.J. Warren but gaining Smith, I think that yeah. makes the Warren loss a little bit less painful because right now, I mean, are you starting – Turner, if he's here, and you're probably starting Jalen Smith at power forward mm -hmm. right now. Um, and then you're – I mean, are you doing 
Heald, uh, Halliburton, and Duarte and mm-hmm. some kind of a three-guard lineup. I mean, Matherin's obviously in that mix too. Yep. Um, I mean, that's an interesting – I mean, you've got Brissett. Brissett could start instead of Smith too. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you get, that's, getting, that's a small lineup. Yeah. And Turner is, uh, does a lot of things well. Rebound is not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of advanced analytics out there about how important re- an individual's rebounding are and how many of the rebounds you're going to get anyway and all that stuff. And maybe the Pacers are banking on that. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, I guess we should run through, we can run through the roster real quick. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, Halliburton's the point guard. You got Nebhard, who you drafted the first pick in the second round. You got TJ McConnell at point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, got Matherin and, and Duarte. And Heald yep. at, uh, at the, shooting guard. Yep. And I, I got to think that they're going to see some time at, small forward as Gotta well. Got to see. I mean, the only serviceable small forward you really have on the roster is O'Shea Brissett. And Kendall Brown. Yeah, who's, exactly. Who's, who's, but, uh, but who's a rookie and who was a 48th pick. I yeah, mean, you're yeah. You're expecting him to step in and, and be a contributor right away. Um, you've also got Terry Taylor up front. You know, he's undersized, yeah. but, but uh, a, a nice player. Dwayne Washington's another backcourt guy who showed he can – Deliver. Uh, I don't think he's going to play over any of those other right. guys, but who showed he can deliver. Uh, your uh, your buddy, your guy Lance um, could come back. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, I still, mean that I the TJ Warren leaving opens the door a little bit more now. Lance more. could can play again. He's six five, but he's he's a thick six five. He yeah. can play a little small forward if you wanted him to. Again, we talked about that last podcast. We're not gonna. We won't go through that again. <laughs> um, and I mean Jalen Smith, Brissett, uh, yeah, Goga, and you know, Goga the front court. And, and Turner. It still seems like you could use another. I, mean, I guess Tice means maybe you don't need another body. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, and I guess let's go there. What What's next, if anything, for you? Do you think? I mean, they've got the. I don't. I don't know if the Smith signing eliminates the ability. You know, they had thirty-one million under mm-hmm. the cap. I would assume Smith takes up some of that, mm-hmm. so that makes it a little trickier to uh, trade for Aiton. We have no idea whether that's a serious thing or not. It seems like it's just posturing between the Nets and the Suns at this point with the Nets yeah. saying we really don't want Aiton. But if they're going to trade uh, Durant to the Suns, I, I don't know. I don't see a scenario in which Aiton isn't coming back. You can't trade. You literally can't trade for Booker because he's going to sign an, exactly. He has signed an extension, and that means that the has to be six months out before you can deal him. Yep. Um, you know Bridges, but I, I would think it's going to be Bridges and Aiton to get Durant. Yeah. Uh, so it, I would assume that that's where that's going. But if Durant signs somewhere else, maybe Aiton's back on the table. I mean, Aiton's a restricted free agent. He's. Yeah, uh, I, if his only choice is the Suns or the Pacers, I got to think he's going to uh, take a long, hard look at what the Pacers are offering. Yeah, and I mean the Spurs are out there, and I guess the Pistons have cap room, but they don't seem they no. made moves to go away from eight. It sure seems like in this. Offseason, and I, and so. to be honest, I think the Pacers should should more or less go the same route. Like, do you really think? Because if you go all in on Aiden, you know Tyrese will be eligible for his his rookie extension next season. Um, so it's like, do you max out Aiden? Do you max out Halliburton? Which, which you're, you're not going to have. You have to do. <laughs> right. You won't have much money to work with anything else. And, the, and those two guys is your best players moving forward. Like, is that a championship caliber team? Is, is, is that a, a playoff team that wins a round? To be, to be but, frank, frankly honest. like I think you could get to a playoff team that wins a round. There's a lot of people out there who think Aiton could be uh, a 25 and 10 guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's uh, – I, I can't remember. There are people who have noted that when Booker gets hurt, do the Suns 
win that yeah. playoff series without Aiton. They probably mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. I think there's more, but at the, you know the the flip side of that is you know uh, Bismarck Biombo plays with Chris Paul and is averaging a double double. So you also have to worry about that. I mean Halliburton is not Chris Paul in terms of yeah. that, but he is like you know a guy who's going to get you the ball. Yeah. So so I'm not. I, I think you could you know if Matherin is a player, and you've got uh, Halliburton and and Aiton. You know that's that could win a playoff round. You know you could be a four seed and beat a five seed, but again, I don't. It's hard to see that going anywhere else unless you get lucky somewhere and Matherin becomes, you know, the, you know the Reggie Miller, Paul George. And you, to, yeah, yeah. It, that's what you're looking at at that point to really uh, to to have a team that's going to go further in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's probably more likely that we see the Pacers get involved in like a three team deal because of. Like, you look at the, the Rudy Gobert trade, you know, to, to, to Minnesota from Utah, and, you know, he, he fielded, I think, four first-round picks and a bunch of other, you know. <laughs> Two other guys who are first-round picks. Yeah, like, I mean, like, insane. it was like, you know, a, a boatload of, of just assets. And you compare it to Kevin Durant, and it's like, what, do you just give up your entire team? Like, I mean, <laughs> he's going to field more than that, I, I would think. So because of that, I think that other teams will probably have to get involved to make it all work money-wise, pick-wise, just because it's hard for me to see one team having enough assets to give up in return for Kevin Durant. Because if I'm Brooklyn, um, I know I'm being petty, but I'm asking for a ridiculous amount of things. And if you can't offer it, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to wait and, and really see how badly you want him. Like, I want you to feel at least a little cringe when you, when you accept the deal or whatever for Kevin Durant because I, at that point, you're going to be your entire future, I, I would think. You know, I mean, that's the hard part. You, if you're trading for Kevin Durant, you're trading because you want to win a title yeah. and you can't give up everything you've got yeah. to acquire it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there is opportunity for the Pacers to get involved in a Durant deal. I mean, there's, you want to get deep in the weeds on the, the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, ben Simmons and Bam Adebayo uh, are both uh, extended off their rookie yeah, deals. So they can't be on the roster. At you the can't same have time. two of those guys. Yeah. This is what I know from listening to Bobby Marks and some of the other folks at ESPN on their podcast. Yep. Um, so, could you see one of the, you know? Could you see someone Ben Simmons go through the Pacers uh, and go on somewhere else mm-hmm. so that they could make that deal? Maybe the Pacers are one of the teams that can probably somehow take on. Uh, well, they could they could take on. Westbrook's salary and then buy him out perhaps, but mm-hmm. I don't know why they would want to do that unless they're getting a serious asset back from the Lakers and part of all of this with, with Kyrie Irving too. Yep. So that's a possibility. I, I like though, I mean, if they can do something that adds assets to their team, I, I'm 100% for that. Um, I like Buddy Heald. I think he's a nice piece. I don't really want to trade him for uh, the 18th pick in the draft because God knows what the 18th pick in the draft is going right. to be. Um, but if you can deal him and get something more than that, then I, I understand that. I think you got to play him and, uh, right now and see where, you know, and increase his value as the season goes along. But he could be involved in one of those deals um, with the cap space they have mm-hmm. to take on a, a huge salary. Uh, again, I can't see any of those guys playing here, but could they come in and get bought out? Again, that's not the Pacers' way to give someone uh, $35, 40000000 million, whatever, no. to not play for the team. So I, I have a hard time seeing that, but – Hey, if the return is good enough, why wouldn't you do that? That's the way the game's played, whether you like it or not. Exactly. We'll wrap up here with, obviously, Summer League coming up this Friday. I'll be in Vegas to see Benedict Matherin's debut, along with Andrew Nimhart, Kendall Brown, 
Um, they actually, the Patriots actually have a really good summer league team on paper. I mean, they have like a bunch of guys that will actually be on the real team, you know, come 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 the fall. So just a quick couple guys to look at. I'll name the three rookies. Chris Duarte is going. Dwayne Washington is going. Terry Taylor is going. Um, you know, Gabe York from last year is going. Nate Hinton. These are some of the guys. Isaiah Jackson. So they'll have um, a bunch of opportunities to see. Uh, their young core to see how if they've gotten a little bit better. It's kind of hard to gauge because the competition isn't as good in you summer league. Take nothing from summer yeah, league. Yeah, so enjoy I, it. <laughs> I'll put it like this: like I kind of expect Dwayne Washington, Isaiah Jackson, Terry Taylor, Terry Taylor especially to to, to really like just kind of dominate. Um, well, that's if they play them a lot. I don't exactly. I don't. I don't think. Ton, to me, I, I think that both of those guys, all the four guys I named: Isaiah, Terry. Um, you know, Chris Duarte and, and Dwayne, um, I would say two games max, you know, out of the, the four preliminary games. I, I couldn't see them playing more than that. And um, one interesting thing to note, Nat, is, is Chris Duarte's toe. Like, I asked him about it last week, and he, you know, I said, hey, is your toe good and everything like that? He missed the last 12 games of last year, I believe, um, with the left toe injury. And all they ever said was his sore left big toe is what they listed it as. And he's like, oh, it's getting better. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? It's get, like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, and, you know, Scott Agnes from Fieldhouse Files followed up and asked him a few more questions. And he's like, you know, it's, 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 it, it kind of felt uncomfortable. I'm, I'm getting better, talking to the trainers every day. And it's like, this is wow, something that happened, you know, that sidelined you back in, what, April? You know, yeah, and, yeah. and it really, it was longer than that because he was, he kind of, I think it happened, I want to say it happened, you know, one of these road trips. It might have been in Orlando or something like that. And for like the last month and a half of the season, he was kind of, on and off playing until they finally just kind of shut him down where he just didn't play. Um, and to say that you're, you're getting better, it's like, man, what type of toe injury was this? It couldn't have just been sore because I would think if it was just sore, you'd just get off your feet for a while and, and get better. And he said he took a month – I think he took a month off and went on vacation and kind of relaxed. But to still be working on that toe, it's kind of concerning. And yeah. it's like, man, like this is your lottery pick from last year. And you kind of, you know, expect a 25-year-old to heal a little bit faster than maybe the older guys and to be ready for his second season with no restrictions. So um, that's one thing that I kind of, you know, I want to keep an eye on is, like, if his toe's not right, why play him? Because if he, like, gets a funny, steps funny or does something funny in summer league and re-aggravates it, then, I mean, then what's what, why even risk it? You well, know yeah, what I mean? foot injuries are tricky. It can yeah. be tricky, too, and you don't want to hurt your knee because you're compensating it for your foot or exactly. something Exactly. Like that. That's another so, thing. Uh, I mean, again, my, I used to say on Summer League, if you don't take – if someone plays well, it doesn't mean anything because of the competition. Mm-hmm. If someone plays poorly, maybe you pay attention to that. I'm not even sure if that's true because there's been some big-time rookies who have been bad in summer league. And then Trey, Trey Young came on air ball a bunch of shots. Yeah, and everyone exactly. kept telling me how terrible he was, and now he's a top-ten point guard in the NBA. So I don't know that you can take anything out of summer league, but it will be interesting to watch uh, some of these guys play for the first time with the Pacers. Matherin, obviously, being yeah, the number absolutely. one. I mean, I'll give you an example. Keegan Murray came out in his first and, game of summer league and lit it up. And in his second game, I think he had six turnovers. And it was like, wow, like he kind of regressed pretty fast. But <laughs> that's what happens when you're young and, you know, you so – I would say that the biggest thing is probably just getting the experience and getting out of it healthy, like just making sure your guys don't get any injuries. Obviously, you can't guarantee that they have to play and compete, but you would like for your main guys to get, you know, through it healthy. And also, I think for me, it would be interesting to see a couple of these uh, Exhibit 10 guys, some guys that they might try to keep around on either a two-way deal or, um, you know, for their G League team. One guy I think could have a legitimate chance just on paper is Tevin Brown. He's 6'5". He's a he's a knockdown three point shooter. 
Um, and I think that, you know, shooting is obviously going to be used in the NBA. So if he can defend just a little bit, obviously, I would think that he's someone that they can kind of keep tabs on and keep around possibly, um, even if it's just like a G League type of thing with the Mad Ants or somewhere around the league. So I think it'll be interesting to see some of those other guys, Fambo, Zing, who, who's like a, a, you know, a pretty – anytime you have uh, these guys that come from – um, the Asian uh, countries and stuff like that, they have a really big following. So, obviously, anything I tweet about him, I'll have plenty of fans telling me, you know, he should be starting over this guy or something like that. <laughs> but um, it should be fun. And also just to see a lot of the other young guys out as well, a lot of the veterans. It'll be interesting to see what veteran Pacers guys show up. You know, some of these guys really do go out there and visit and see. And it's funny because, again, unlike, you know, I was talking to the Milwaukee I report over in Milwaukee, Jim. I forget how to pronounce his last name, but um, – he was telling me, you know, the Bucks have, like, one real guy, like, going to, you know, the summer league that could possibly be on their real team. And I was like, hey, man, like, the Pacers have, like, half their team going. So it kind of lets you know where both teams are, right? So this is the start of just seeing some of that, uh, w- why they drafted these guys. Like, I know Kendall Brown, super athletic. I expect him to do something kind of ridiculous to catch my attention. And um, I'm just excited to go and honestly see real basketball. Like, I love talking to you about cap space and pick swaps. <laughs> but, and all that stuff is still important. We'll keep an eye on that as the season, you know, kind of gets closer. But it'll be good to see some actual basketball being played because at the end of the day, that's what it is. And it's the last chance we get to see it until uh, October. So, exactly. Uh, at the NBA level anyway. So, well, appreciate you listening. Keep coming back to IndyStar.com. James has a story up there right now on three possible free agents the, uh, the Pacers could still be looking at. Obviously, they can still make moves um, over the next several weeks. Um, and we thank you for listening to Pacing the Pacers. Pacers.